0: Welcome to How To Catholic with Kevin and Lisa Cotter, a podcast dedicated to helping you practically live your Catholic faith with excellence.
1: Have you ever thought about having a Catholic platform? Have you ever wondered what it might take to publish a book, become a public speaker, or start a podcast?
0: On today's episode, we discuss five questions about launching a platform. We look at discerning your calling, finding your niche, spreading your message, spending your money, and the reality of what it's really like to have a platform. Along the way, we'll share what it's like starting our own platforms, give some warnings on what not to do. Let's get started.
1: for episode 15 yeah the episode in which i am a couple days shy of being 37 weeks pregnant
0: mm-hmm.
1: and we were late on getting the podcast up because we had to pull carpet from a bathroom last night because somebody was coming to lay tile and we thought it would be a good idea to save lots of money on our remodel by doing all the demo
0: i love pulling carpet <laughs> I pull a lot. I've, I'm an expert on pulling carpet now.
1: And linoleum and trim and old, what are those things called? The, uh, in the basement? Entertainment systems.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, all the things.
1: All the things. It's been kind of fun. You know, I always thought like demo day, and this is Chip and Joanna Gaines' fault. Uh, they make it seem like it's a day, and it's <laughs> like <laughs> demo day, and it takes one day, and the whole house is gutted and it's no big deal. We've been in like demo three months.
0: That fun that you have on demo day has just been for three months. It's that just, much fun.
1: I just want to speak truth on the podcast. And everybody needs to know if you remodel a house, it takes forever.
0: Remember that one time with the last house? We're like, this is the last time we're ever going to remodel a house. And then we bought another house and remodeled it. That was awesome.
1: We did. But so it's th- going to be great. It's going to yeah. be awesome. Sorry really- for our delays.
0: Yep. Thank you, dear listeners, for waiting.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, we got a good two-part series coming up here.
0: Oh, man, I'm excited about this.
1: Yeah, so uh, listener staff sent me a message on Instagram saying, hey, have you ever done or would you consider doing an episode on building a Catholic platform? Which is a great topic because it's a question that we get a lot, which, Mm -hmm. which will kind of explain what that means, a Catholic platform. But I mean... I myself can, in my mind, without having to think much, can think of dozens of conversations, whether that be over coffee or picking up the phone with somebody. When people just say, hey, I feel called to start something. How do I do what you do? Like, how? what, what do I do? Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what we're going to talk about these next two episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we we start with, like, what is a platform? Because some people might already be scratching their heads.
0: Yeah, so if we think about just the actual word platform, we might think of a stage. I often think of a box that a speaker gets on to speak from. I think they still do that in Hyde Park in London where people on Sunday afternoon, like, get up on a platform or, like, a a box. A soapbox. Like a soapbox, and they actually just have a message, and, like, crowds gather and, like, either agree with them or jeer with them. They still do that in London to this day. And so that's a little bit um, where the root of the word comes from. And it's basically this idea that you have a message and you want to share it with the world, and your platform is where you do that from. So that could be a lot of different things. It could be a podcast like you're listening to right now, it could be a blog, it could be public speaking events, it could be through social media, uh, YouTube, writing a book. There's so many different ways to get messages across, especially. In our day and age today, especially in the digital world, uh, but your platform is 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 that point and then that place where you are speaking and communicating uh, your message. And so, part of the idea behind this two part series is that we get this question a lot, and we know that a lot of people are thinking, "How do I get my message out?" Like I might feel called by God to to speak on a you know, particular topic. I want to, you know, enlarge my platform. I want to get that message out to more and more people. And so, the two-part series is, is separated. And the first part is really just trying to discern and gaining a vision for what you're doing. Um, so many times, people feel this call, they feel this passion, but really trying to help uh, people understand what's the vision behind a platform. What you should you be discerning through? And the second episode is a little bit more practical. We're very practical on this how-to Catholic show, and so it's just some of the need-to-know tips for different types of platforms as you discern that vision, as we'll talk about in, in uh, the first part here. Second part's just like, all right, what's the nitty gritty? What do I need to know? Um, what are some tips to get me started?
1: Yeah, tips, specific tips on like, I wanna write a book, where do I even start? Or I wanna start a podcast, or I want to uh, you know, start public speaking. We're gonna kinda get into some nitty gritties of, of some various avenues that you can share your platform on.
0: Totally.
1: Great. So we have five questions that you need to first ask yourself and consider and pray about in this process of deciding, well, it, you know, wh- where do I go from here? So so five questions. So the first question is, am I even called? Yep. Am I even called? And this is the first thing I always tell people when they ask me this question, you know, like, how do I become a Catholic speaker or how do I become a Catholic author? And in the hard, honest answer is you don't. <laughs> That's me being blunt. You, you don't, you don't like choose this life. You're called to it. Mm. It's like Moana. <laughs> it's like the only analogy I can think of right now. Although I suppose saints would also work, but it's really, it's a call. It's something that you are very much called to. And so for me, um, like, my, my stories, people are like, oh, like, so did you always want to be a Catholic speaker and an author? And the answer is no. <laughs> that was never, mm-hmm. like, my vision when I was going to college wasn't like, I'm going to get this degree, and then I'm going to start this speaking ministry and write a book. And that, that wasn't at all on my mind. I, I just, I set out to serve the Lord. And he opened doors that I didn't even know that I was interested in walking through. Yeah. And he lit a fire in me for certain things that I didn't necessarily like have um, the foresight for. So, so kind of my short story, just to kind of show a little bit of how God's providence can work in these things, is that um, when we were working for Focus back in 2010, they used to ask staff members to submit breakout sessions for their, what was just at the time called focus conference. So I submitted a talk. It was a topic that had been talked about on campus, kind of a hot topic. And so I submitted this talk and they said, great, we need warm bodies who are willing to get up and speak. So I gave this talk. It was in Orlando 2010. I gave it to 600 men twice. It was the first time I'd really ever publicly spoken outside of like my own parish or, you know, a retreat at college or something. First time where it was like, we need your bio. I'm like, oh, I need to write a bio. This is fun. Like, we need your headshot. I'm like, I don't have a headshot. I remember you taking my picture in the kitchen. (laughs) It was like, hey, they need a headshot. Like, what are we going to do, right? So I gave that talk. And then after that talk, it was just the kind of this, you know, God magical moment here. Lighthouse Catholic Media at the time was starting up a young adult series of cds so those are the people who the kiosks in the back of your your churches and they needed talks quickly that they didn't have to produce themselves and so they said hey focus can we have a couple of your talks and so focus sent them some of the top talks might happen to be one of them and mine and curtis martin's were turned into cds and so it just kind of snowballed from there but it wasn't like I had this grand plan and I was going to meet these people and network in these ways. And not that networking is bad or meeting people is bad. It's just in many ways for, for almost any Catholic speaker you talk to their story goes something like mine in the sense of, I kind of stumbled into this. Like God started opening doors and he started paving a way for me to do this because it's a call to do this.
0: Yeah. And I think when people hear call, they often think there's some type of emotional, or spiritual, like, oh, I felt that God called me. I think when people hear calling, they often think of that. And I think what you're trying to say, and I think is really important, is a part of that calling is that God actually opens up doors. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's a calling that you feel not just emotionally or in your heart or in your mind, but more like... I see how God is opening these ways for me to do this. And that's how I know he's affirming that that this is what I'm supposed to do. And that can be a complicated thing sometimes, because sometimes you're called to actually work through difficulties and challenges uh, for what you're, you feel like God's calling you to do. But I think it's also really important to look at like, are people responding, especially with something like a platform, especially with something like a message. Um, It's not enough to have an emotional attachment or emotional calling, but more so like, is God moving through the people around me? Is he opening up paths? Is there a spot where I can actually move forward? And, um, you know, I found that in my own life as well, just with everything with Pope Francis related. My first three books were on Pope Francis. And a lot of that came because I did this thing called Pope Alarm. That's a whole nother story. I don't know. That's not even like a podcast episode. That's just craziness.
1: Yeah, yeah. If, if when Pope Francis was elected, you did Pope Alarm. That was one of Kevin's initiatives through Focus. It was a total like last minute, like, let's just do this. It's crazy kind of thing.
0: Especially I, you know, notified 135,000 people of Pope Francis's election and went to their smartphones. So that way when they got a text, yeah, they got a text when the smoke went up so that you would know when the Pope was elected and it got featured on NPR and CBS and just every CNN and every major newspaper and News agency. Anyways, but from that it was like, oh, what am I gonna do from this? And I was I saw that you know, it's just Press had a book with Pope Francis quotes. I thought maybe we could do this with or I'm sorry, they had a, a book with Pope Benedict quotes. I thought maybe we could do that with Pope Francis, you know, and God just opened this window through this audience with Pope alarm that a lot of people signed up for, and then a publisher that responded and you know, that was I wanted to write a different book. Well, you had to back
1: up. So, so you, you emailed a publisher that you kind of had a loose like, connection with mm-hmm. and said, hey, I've got this idea. And what did they say?
0: They're like, oh, we had already been thinking of something like this. We just needed an author for it.
1: And it was like the day before. They were like, we were just in a meeting yesterday. Mm-hmm. And like Kevin, and then here Kevin calls. And he's like, well, I happen to have this audience in an email list of 135,000 people who are interested in Pope Francis.
0: <laughs> that's right. And I totally wanted to write called, like the book I just wrote. Like that's the book I wanted to write. But as an author, I wasn't at a place where I could pitch that book. But what was in front of me at the time was this audience with Pope Francis and everything with his papacy. And so that's what I went with because those were the doors God was opening for me. And so it just made sense. And I think that's a little bit what you're talking about when someone's called to do something. God is not only giving that on their heart, but there's he's actually showing them, hey, here's an avenue for you to pursue. Here's a place for you to start walking down.
1: Yeah, and I, I got to tell you, so many times I think to myself, there are so many other people in this oh, world man. who could do this better than I do. Totally. <laughs> like who could have a better podcast than us, who could write a better book about, in my case, you know, dating, detox, dating and chastity, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, for us, it just, a lot of it just comes down to being at the right place at the right time and God just, the Holy Spirit just blessing it. I think that's the first thing that you need to know is that that ultimately it's a work of the Holy Spirit. Mm Mm-hmm. And God might call you to have a platform that's local and that's beautiful and amazing. Or he might call you to have a platform that's your home and that's beautiful and amazing. Totally. And he might call you to something that's that's bigger. And I think it's important if you feel that desire in your heart that yes, you explore that. We're not trying to like uh, poo-poo the situation, you know, like, yeah. well, unless you're really special, you're not, you know, going to ever become something. That's not what we're trying to say at all. Yep. I I think it's actually because we're not very special that God has asked us to do this and and, and used it. Um and, and we I have seen with with women that I've worked with and mentored in various capacities over the years, I've seen God open doors. Um just this last week I got a great email or it was a text message from a girl who I've been mentoring We've been talking for like a year and a half and God has just been opening doors, opening doors, and she's been wanting to write this book, but hasn't felt like she can approach a publisher. And because of another platform that she God has opened a door for, a publisher reached out to her yesterday or a couple days ago and she was like,
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah.
1: You know, and it was like great confirmation. So Mm -hmm. exciting to see that God if he puts the desire in your heart and it's it's from him and that's the direction he wants you to. To go, he he will provide for that. Mm-hmm. So, totally,
0: yeah, I think that's great. Well, that was question number one, all about am I called? And I think that's so important. And there's so much we could say on discernment. I think we have a whole podcast episode on discernment, and discernment's always a tricky thing. But I think it's it's great to see. Yeah, it needs to be confirmed with God opening up doors and and moving forward. Lisa, what's our second question?
1: Our second question you really need to to know is what it's really like. <laughs> What's it really like? Because here's the reality. I think for a lot of people, when they look at, quote, Catholic celebrities, which I know some people hate that term, um, but whatever, Catholics who have platforms, Catholics who have larger followings that have the ability to be influencers in the Catholic world the reality is is that it's not as glamorous as you or others might paint it out to be. Now you might be like, that's a terrible thing. I would hate that. Like Mm -hmm. what they do sounds awful to me. But for others, it might be something where you're like, oh, like that's what I want to do with my life. And I think it's important to understand that the majority of, of time spent working towards a platform is like behind the computer. It's, writing content for whether it be for books or podcasts or youtubes or talks whatever you have to create that content it's not just we don't just sit down and like free flow like we have an outline every time right it's a lot of emails i am constantly getting in emails and i'm constantly failing at replying to them and failing at replying to to inquiries whether it be for events or just hey can you help or hey would you promote this like there's just a lot of that that you're constantly sifting through. It's a lot of phone calls. I mean, there's this whole side to it that is entrepreneurial that most people don't recognize that is a part of the process. And so for us, eventually we got to a point where we realized that we had to set up an LLC. Like we had to set up a way to tax all this. Like we we can't just like be having income coming in from stuff like books and speaking engagements and not like be accountable to that to the government <laughs> that was its whole thing right and th- there's just a whole business aspect to it that can be overwhelming and there's a whole tech aspect to it if you have a web page like if you need graphic design I mean there's a whole bunch of stuff that you just spent a ton of time on that seems nitty-gritty that most people don't realize is part of the package.
0: Yeah. And just to be clear, we've never not been responsible for the taxes that That's um, right. We've like, never like not reported. We just put on but. our personal taxes and we separate later in LLC. But um but I think your overall point, which I'll speak to now, is just yeah, that, that sometimes people see like people on stage are like, oh they're so cool or they're so funny or they have this book or they have this following. But I think there's you know, if you especially in talking to a lot of our friends who are speakers, there can be a lot of pressure. There can be a lot of trying to figure out finances. There can be even like loneliness of being in that spot and like, who's really my friend Do they hang out with me. Cause I'm more of like a celebrity. Like it's just, there's so many, um, yeah, complications to that reality. <clears throat> that I think are really important to, to point out and just not being glamorous. It's a lot of hard work and there's a lot of failure involved in trying to get things right and trying to figure things out. And, um, even a lot of drama, like what's going to happen? Am I, you know, going to get that speaking engagement? Is that going to work out? Is this opportunity? I mean, there's just so many things to think through, and um, yeah, a lot to it. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's just important to recognize that reality. And I think that most quote Catholic celebrities that that we know that are our friends don't consider themselves that. They, yeah, they're very normal. <laughs> they're totally. Very. They're just like you, you and I. Like, there's not a whole lot that separates even, you know, the highest of the high in terms of fame who, you know, those who've yeah. spoken you know on every continent, including Antarctica and the penguins came. Right. Like they're just normal.
0: Yep. Totally. Totally normal. Totally normal.
1: All right. Time for our Calic hack. Let's do it. Calic hack this week mm. is a hack for it's a food hack.
0: A food hack, let's A food yeah, hack, a yes. Good one.
1: But it's it's Catholic because so so often in the church, we have different groups that get together, whether it be Bible studies or mom groups or donuts after mass, these kinds of times where we get together and there's, there's food. And so our hack is to go to your local bakery, such as Great Atlanta Bread Company or Panera or Starbucks or Einstein's, and ask if they have a program for donating their leftover food, their leftover baked goods at the end of the day to nonprofits. And this is what we did when I had a mom's group. We got Great Atlanta Bread Company. We'd go pick it up on Wednesday night. Thursday morning, we would have our meeting, and we would have all the leftover breads and pastries and even cookies and things, all for free for our mom's group. So it was how we got breakfast, but we didn't have to pay for it, which was awesome. In our church, to this day, we have donuts, at least at certain seasons, have donuts One week and then, or no, one mass is donuts and then the other mass is bagels. Mm -hmm. And each week they get leftover bagels from a bread company. And we do that instead of donuts after one of our masses is free donuts. Or no, free bagels, sorry. And you might be thinking like, that's terrible. You're taking away from the poor. But the reality is, is that there is such a surplus of leftover breads every night. Think about all the bakeries and every city has dozens and dozens and dozens of bakeries. And they can't sell them after, I don't know how many hours, but the shelf life is so quick that there's an enormous, enormous overflow of bread products. And so you're not taking away from the homeless shelters and things like that. They get plenty. It's just, it's that much. So check into it. If you're thinking about starting a uh, morning group of some sort, check in and see if one way you could check something off of your list is by going to a local bakery to see if they donate to 501c3s or nonprofits.
0: Nice. Well, we are talking about how to flat platform. We're looking at five questions you should ask, considering your own platform. And we've already been through two questions. The first one is, am I called? We talked a little bit about what does it mean to be called? What opportunities has got opening? We talked about what is it really like, how it's not so glamorous. And then question three is how do I figure out what my, Focuses like how do I kind of narrow down what I speak about and um, this one has really been on my heart and mind a lot. I've been reading a book lately called Good to Great by Jim Collins.
1: Oldie but goodie.
0: It is an oldie but goodie. It's sold a lot of copies. It's very um, famous in the business world and it has a lot of applications just to your own personal life as well that I've been really uh, convicted about. And one of the concept in the book, that the general premise before I get to the concept, is this idea that there's a lot of good companies out there, but there's only a few really great companies. And so what Jim Collins does in Good to Great is says, how do these companies, like how are they so great? Like what made them great instead of good? Like what separated them from all these other companies? And so he does this in-depth research with his entire team to figure out what are the great ones. And one of the concepts that Jim Collins talks about, what made these companies great, was that they had a hedgehog principle. And so you might be saying, what's a hedgehog principle or what's a hedgehog and he basically gives this analogy of the fox and the hedgehog and the fox is really wily and cunning and has lots of tricks and lots of ways to go after its prey and get food but the hedgehog really only has one really way that it survives and that's through its defense mechanism of its needles and so when the fox tries to pounce on it and it, the fox tries to do all these tricks to get the hedgehog and to eat it the hedgehog just does one thing really really well which is to put up its needles and to have a defense against the fox and and so, isn't that a
1: porcupine?
0: Yeah, it's a well, he says a, a hedgehog is like a combination of a porcupine and something else. I don't know. I'm just using Jim Collins here.
1: <laughs> I just, I was like, wait a minute. It's a,
0: it's, between, <laughs> it's a mix up between a porcupine and a small armadillo, as he said, what a hedgehog is. Really? Yeah. Which doesn't, uh,
1: s- yeah, that makes sense because people have hedgehogs as pets and they have the little quills.
0: Yeah, it doesn't seem to be the same as Sonic the Hedgehog, which is I think our most known hedgehog, mm-hmm. because it seems like a really fast thing. But really, a hedgehog just uses its needle to defend itself.
1: Can it roll up into a ball like an armadillo? I think
0: so. And the point of my analogy here is not just to talk what a hedgehog is. Maybe you can Google it later. But is I think when you're you're trying to um, have a platform. Um, some people think, oh, if I can speak on lots of different things really well, that's going to be really effective. But in reality, especially in your digital world, it's finding that niche and finding that one thing that you do really well that when people think of that thing, they're like, oh, you're the person I should talk to. You're the person who talks about this. You're the person that really has this unique perspective that I can turn to and and relate to. And so what uh, Jim Collins does and also Michael Hyatt and his book called Platform, which I highly recommend if you're thinking about a platform, is really looks at three different circles for how you can find what your niche is. And so the three different circles that he says uh, you should have, both Hyatt and Jim Collins, is the first one is that you should be passionate. Whatever you're talking about, whatever your niche is, you should be really passionate about that thing. The second one is you should be proficient about it. You should be really good at what you do. And the third one is there's a profitability or in a ministry sense, there's an interest in that topic. And both Collins and Hyatt say, if all these three things aren't there, it's really not gonna create a very good niche for you. And so you wanna think, what am I passionate about? What am I good about and then good at? And then also, what do people respond to? What would people pay money to see me on stage for? Or what would make an impact? You know, if, if you're not concerned about money, you just are like, I just want to make a great impact. What is that thing that would really attract people? And so that's a way to kind of discern uh, what your niche might be. But I think it's really important that, um, especially as we look at different Catholic speakers, sometimes people say, well, I want to be just like them. And I think in some ways that's good to have role models and examples. And at the same time, the Lord has given you a lot of unique gifts and talents and experience and knowledge. And he wants that to come out. He doesn't want you to be like someone else. Uh, we don't need another uh, Matt Fradd or Christopher Anik or, you know, Jennifer Follweiler, whoever it might be, he wants another you. uh, And he wants you to speak on what makes sense of what you're passionate about, what you're good at, and what interests other people. I think it's really good to discern and figure out what that looks like.
1: Yeah. I think that's so helpful too, because I talk to people oftentimes where they'll be like, I've got this idea and I want to start this thing. And I'm like, Okay. Have you ever networked with such and such? Cause it's like, it already exists
0: mm, yep. and it's
1: not that you might not be called to found it or you might not be called to start it, but really you kind of want to make sure like, am I serving a need that's not already being met? Yep. Or, you know, cause we don't want to just like create content or speak on something just because we want to be on a platform. Yep. Like we had to feel called. So you have to know like, yes, this is something where I feel like there's this isn't being addressed it, you have a unique way that you're going to present something to the table. And I think that's so important. Anytime Kevin and I do anything is we ask that question, you know, like, am I going to serve a need? Am I going to provide a niche that isn't already being covered? Cause if not, then like great, like let's like put our energy in collaborating with that person or seeing if we can somehow help them or be a part of what they're doing as opposed to always having to feel like, well, in order to be something, I have to like create it myself and found it myself.
0: Totally. Like I, I think just of our past two books, um, just one last point on this question with Called, my new book on evangelization, is like there's a lot of great book evangel books on evangelization, but for me it was like I want one that's really practical and I'm not seeing that out there, and so I wanna really write a book on that. Or I think for dating detox, a lot of great things on theology of the body, a lot of conceptual books, but then dating detox really walked people through a journey on how to learn how to love and be loved. And so I think just finding that niche, finding something that's unique is really important for your platform.
1: Absolutely. All right, question number four. Question number four. Question four is where and how will I share my platform? So this is is a great question. So you might have something that you want to share with the world you feel called to share, but it can be a little overwhelming when you look at all the options. It's like, okay, well, I'll just start a podcast and a YouTube channel and speak at all these events and I'll blog and write a book and I'll pull out my MySpace again and start adding to that. Some of you don't even know what MySpace is. That's fine. Um, but the reality is, is you, ha- you kind of have to slow back and, and and start in one spot or else you're going to completely overwhelm yourself.
0: Slow back? Is slow back a word?
1: Slow down. Okay. It wasn't, it wasn't a compound word. It was two different ones.
0: (laughs) Just giving you a hard time.
1: Yeah. Hedgehogs. (laughs) So the, like for, for us and for, I think a lot of those who have platforms in the traditional sense, a lot of us had started with speaking. Mm -hmm. I started speaking at events because the reality is, is you could start a podcast, but who's going to listen to it if, if, you don't have an audience, you know, or you could start writing a blog. And yeah, sometimes those things do pop out. Um, blogging in general though is kind of a dying breed. Mm-hmm. Um, we more so use our our social media accounts as kind of our pseudo blogs, totally. especially something like Instagram. Um, but you really kind of have to ask yourself like, okay, well, what makes the most sense and where do I start? Um, and that can be a really tricky question especially if you don't yet have a clear vision. And so that's why it's so important to first get your vision, figure out what it is that that you want to share and get laser on that and then figure out, okay, what, where's the best place to share that? Um, Same thing with books. I think, I think for a lot of people, it's like, I want to write a book. It's like, here's, here's the tough reality is no publisher is going to care what your book is about. If you can't first come to them and say, here's how I'm going to sell the book. (laughs) Because yep. <laughs> it's just reality. You could write a book that is 10 times better than any book I could write. But if you don't have a platform, then publishers are like, but how's it going to sell? Right? So there's there's steps to this that you really have to kind of think through. And we can't go through all that right now. But in the next episode, we're going to talk a little bit more about these different various ways that you can share your platform and what the nitty gritty details are of looking at that. But it's something that you very much need to consider. You can't just be like, I'm gonna start a Catholic podcast, and like, people are gonna to listen. Totally. Because they won't, unless they know who you are.
0: Yeah, and I think just the general sense with all this, and a part of this decision, discernment and vision that we're talking about, I think just starting small is so huge. You know, speaking at smaller venues and seeing how people respond. Are people afterwards like so excited and they're trying to invite you to bigger events? Or are they just like, oh, that was nice? If you have a, you know, rather than trying to just have a book or speak at a huge event, it's like, huh, okay, well, maybe if I'm doing something visual, I'll do something on Instagram and I'll show fashion and, like, what that looks like over time and see how people respond, see what kind of following. I think that helps test, like, what are you passionate about? Proficiency, are you good about it? You know, is there an interest level in it? Um, I think too often people jump to the biggest conclusion, which is, I want to speak at Seek in front of, 8,000 people, or I want to write a book. Like Those can be great goals in the end, but you have to start small and then work your way up to that, I think is really important.
1: And I really feel like we're being dream crushers right now, and that's Mm, not at all what I want to be. But I've just had so many conversations with people who have said like, oh, God's calling me to be a keynote speaker. I'm like, okay, so... Talk me through, like, where did this come I don't know. I just know I'm supposed to. So tell me how to become you. And I'm like, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. It just doesn't. And it's just so important to be mature about this if this is something that you do feel called to pursue and God's opening doors.
0: And I think that's where the the proficiency comes in is people don't just wake up and become Catholic speakers. Like, even some of the best Catholic speakers I know we're terrible at one point in time. Like it's over a period of time and that's a part of the journey and getting better at what your craft is, is just slowly over time, getting better, building an audience, having that develop and not just jump to the largest conclusion of I want to be that person, but really realizing what that person's gone through to get to that point is often very difficult, very hard and they have to be passionate they have to figure out the proficiency and they have to draw the interest from people. And that is, it's not an easy task and uh, it's a lot of hard work. And um, yeah, I think some people just don't see that side or don't understand how that all came out to be.
1: And I think the building the audience thing, I mean, all of us kind of roll our eyes at it. We're like, oh gosh, like I'm supposed to do what? Like I have
0: mm-hmm. to like
1: try to like build up my following on social media. And it it's not something that like we all like delayed and in and love. It's just something that... Uh, when I, when I felt the call to write Dating Detox, I, at the time was on zero social media platforms. And mm-hmm. I knew if I want to sell this book, if I want to get it into the hands of those who need it, I have to have a social media platform. So people have a way of connecting with me so I can communicate what it is that I'm doing. Yep. And so there's just, there's that element of it too. that I, I just, I think, um, we'd be remiss if we didn't at least acknowledge, like, it's, it's not like Kevin and I are like, how can we grow? Like, I don't even think about it. It just, it's organic, you know, I, and I'm totally good with that. I'm not super strategic. I probably could be more and there are ways of being more and we'll talk about those probably in the next episode a little bit, but, um, I don't know. My baby brain is turning on right now and oh, yeah. no, that's I've fine. lost cohesiveness.
0: No, I would just say the, the, the very last thing, um, with all this, and this is what Jim Collins talks in good to great, all the things with technology, podcast, blogging, like all social media, like all that should just augment the content and the message we already have. It shouldn't be try to replace that or we have these technological solutions to all of a sudden communicate it. like whatever we're already doing, whatever message, and whatever' its effectiveness should just be augmented by technology, not actually produced by technology. Technology is not the answer. It's just a means to have that platform to communicate that message. It's not the solution. Good. Time for question number five. Yeah, hit them up. Awesome. The last one is about how does money fit into the picture? And this is where I think it's just like a warning of what mistakes we've seen. You really don't uh, don't go into debt for this dream of being this speaker or having this platform. Uh, you really got to think through what this looks like. And I think this is great why you start small and see what happens, see how people respond. Some people I've talked to are like, oh, I'm just going to quit my job and like go do this thing. And you're like, Have you tried that thing before you quit your job? Like, why don't you have that job, do this as a hobby and see where it goes? And a lot of times people are like, but I just want to do it. It's like, just test it out first, you know? Don't go into debt. Don't quit your job. Um, You might think like, how can I fundraise? You might read a book like God Ask. I'll put that in the show notes. It's written by a Protestant, but really good on fundraising. You might think through like Patreon or getting a sponsor. Um, You might figure out what you need to charge as a speaker for your services, um, different books you, or products you might have as well. But overall, I just would really encourage you to start small in all these different ways to be financially really conservative. And again, as you see that momentum, as you see people uh, develop that following, that's where you might say, great, the Lord's provided these resources through this gifts and talents, and I'm going to invest these resources to try to build this more. But it, the folks that often, um, you know, go into debt or quit their job uh I just see a lot of mistakes following that. And that just in, its ex, in an extreme way, and no, it no, really puts too much pressure on it, anyways, as well. So just want to add that caveat as our fifth question is don't, don't, yeah, don't mess with money with all this.
1: Yeah. And I, like the entrepreneurial books will tell you, like, well, you got to like use money, spend money to make money. And I think the philosophy that we've always taken is first of all, we're putting, um, our money where our mouth is. We've never gone into debt for any of the stuff that we do. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's across the board been one of our philosophies is if God wants it, like we're not going to go into debt for it. He'll bless it in his own way. Um, but kind of the, the industry word for this is you have your side hustle mm-hmm. and it's just kind of that thing that you do at, outside of your day job. And yep. it's the thing that you're doing on the side. And maybe for some one day it becomes your full-time gig but for for a lot of us, it's always a side hustle. Most Catholic speakers are still youth ministers or high school yep. teachers or are working at a parish doing amazing stuff. And I think that's so important. There's very few who actually this is their full time gig. Um, you know, and that's that's its own call in itself, right? I'm not saying that one's one's right or wrong. I'm just saying this is the reality. And totally. so if you're thinking like, well, I'm going to get rich being, you know, <laughs> with my Calic platform and that's going to be my full-time thing, like there are very few people who do it that way. Yep. Um, and it's just important to know that, yeah, I, for us, it's always just kind of been like a side hustle. I mean, it's, you know, what, 10 o'clock at night on Tuesday. Yep. <laughs> that's when we're recording. <laughs> That's the reality. It's it's something we do on the side that we love and we feel called to do. And we actually don't make any money off this podcast.
0: Nope. So. Just for you, dear listener, is mm-hmm. why we record it.
1: Not that there's anything wrong with those who do. Totally. It's just that's how we felt this. Uh, that's where we feel called with this podcast at this time. So. Awesome. All right. Well, there it is. I hope that was helpful. I hope it wasn't too uh, scatterbrained because I'm, almost 37 weeks pregnant and it's 10 o'clock at night. But obviously we're both very passionate about this. And we also, I want to, I want it to be known too, that we very much desire, especially for more females to step up. So please don't see this as a dream crusher episode but as a reality check episode Yep. and look forward to next time when we're going to dive into some nitty gritties on particular ways in which you can get your message out.
0: Yeah. This is a longer episode, which is why it's a two part series. We want to close as we always do with our how to challenge. And I know some of you listening today are like, Oh, this was interesting. I just wanted to hear about platforms. Some of you were thinking about launching a platform. Some of you already have a platform and whatever you might be, I just want to challenge everyone to realize that you have a platform no matter who you are. You have a circle of influence and in people that you communicate with, people that you have an effect on. And so you just maybe just stop and think, what is my platform? It doesn't have to be a stage. It doesn't have to be a podcast, but it could be just the relationships you have. And what are you communicating on that platform? How are you speaking? How are you influencing the people in your life and what you say? And, and how could you do that better? I think it's just good for us to all realize uh, that no matter who you are, You have a platform that matters and, um, you know, you can always get better at using that platform to glorify God. Well, that was our show for today. Thanks so much for listening in. If you want to connect with us, our email is hello at madetomagnify.com. Or you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kevin R. Cotter or Lisa Ann Cotter. And that's Ann with no E. As always, if you enjoyed the show, please give it a rating on iTunes. That would be awesome. We love iTunes ratings. Add it to your podcast subscriptions and tell a friend. All this helps get the word out about how to Catholic. Until next week, be saints. It's worth it.